Hey fam, what's up? This is part two of the two-part episode. Enjoy. Even in Lizzo's thing, like, um, she's saying in that thing, basically, hey, I'm one of you guys, and that's why you should like me. But the obvious one of you guys-ness in her, in her video is the um, fat thing. But uh, also, the one of you guys that's, implicit in the video is I'm an online troll because there was a lot of name dropping and winking to online shit. And, and yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a really, yeah. really Oh, online. in the monologue? Yeah, yeah every, everything about that monologue was about tr- Twitter online. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't even funny. It wasn't even funny. But, but, but most of these people on Twitter aren't funny. Yeah, it was That's member memories, but but for for tweets like like hey, remember this famous tweet? Remember this one? Yeah, it's just uh, I'll tell you when body positivity turned uh, toxic was like the term um, fat activism because oh uh, god, this term yes. wasn't there before. But uh, I noticed a new term, and I'm not saying real fat activism is you know uh, bad, but I don't even you- like the term. Yeah, the way it's used now, and and apparently, I found these videos. If you go on YouTube and search "body positivity uh, toxic," a lot of people made video essays about when b- the body positivity movement um, turned and and everything. And it started out good. Like there were these people kind of trying to point out that being fat doesn't always necessarily mean that you're unhealthy, and they had like science to back it up. But then it got kind of co-opted by like these online trolls who just started saying nobody fat was unhealthy, which is taking it too far. Like some You're taking it as a breath way and doing way to too say far. anybody, but that's my whole thing. Again, these are people who are, they, they're focused on some other agenda and their conversation isn't even about health, even mental health, right? Because there's nothing healthy about saying there are no issues with weight. Like there's nothing healthy about that. The same way, like I was, I try to tell people there's no, <clears throat> like my dad used to eat whatever he wanted, right? And I'm saying the kind of, well, you guys know I came from an abusive household. My dad would buy junk food, right? And he, he would tell me I was the only one that couldn't have any in the house because I was fat. Right. This is what my dad would do. He'd buy cinnamon rolls and donuts and then say, but you can't have any because you're fat. Right. He was skinny, naturally skinny. He would eat whatever he wanted and never gain weight. <clears throat> His whole life, he would tell me, uh, I, I can eat what I want. I don't get fat. I can eat what I want. I don't get fat. He had a mild stroke in his late 40s. He had a stroke, didn't he? He had a mild stroke in his late 40s. Exactly, yeah. Kenny. Right. <clears throat> but, he, but he would tell me my whole life he could eat whatever he wanted because he wasn't fat. I couldn't have what he was buying for the house. Mind you, I didn't buy my own food in fucking second grade, right? Um, and he would tell me, since I was little, I couldn't have any because of my weight. Like, I had control over that in, in elementary school and middle school. <clears throat> but that's the kind of shit that people really believe. And think about this. That mentality that my dad had, as ignorant as that is, <clears throat> he was, he thought in his mind that was supposed to motivate me somehow. For me to, for me in fourth and fifth grade to control my weight, and this is what I this but this goes to the, what I was saying, and I'm gonna take that to be a, sort of an, a, an analogy for the bigger picture. <clears throat> I had I had very little control over what I ate. Were there individual choices I could have made when I was at school to not eat the chips and eat apple slices instead? Sure, we can. I guess and I you can don't take think like that when you're in fifth that. grade. You don't think like that if you don't have access to it as blatantly as you do chips. They're shoving chips in your face all day at school, right? They sell it to you in the student store. They sell you all kinds of junk candy, all types of junk food. When I was a kid, they don't do that. They changed that probably about 10, 15 years ago. Well, some of these schools still sell pizza. They still right, sell pizza every... Right. But they know, won't, I know up here, they, won't, they, don't, they don't allow... Um, you know, at the vending machine where you can buy chips and soda. Yeah, some they, schools, they, they ban the sodas. And yeah. All. yeah, some schools yeah. definitely, or some districts definitely did that. Absolutely. Yeah. But like I said, as soon as you step outside that school, there's nothing but fast food around. Right. Like on your, on your right. walk but home from food, school, there's, there's an ice cream truck. There's yeah. fat, There was six fast food places by my old high school. Six, yeah. right? And that's not include, That's just by the high school. It's not including my entire trip home, right? Um, in fact, my second bus stop was in front of a, a taco place <laughs> and, and a jack in a box, right? So that's, and, uh, you know, that's the kind of environment that I grew up in. But I was, my whole point though is I had very little control of my childhood, right? To, con- to, to, for, to eat whatever was the quote unquote the healthiest when the people in power were the ones that gave me the access to the other stuff, right? Now, 
we don't think about it like that as adults and the fact that we have to change the overall policy of what we have access to. In fact, people were upset. If you remember, when they tried to put a cap on the size of sodas, remember people got upset at that. Yeah, I'm oh, trying to control my drink. Oh, it's my freedom. It's America. Like These were people who literally were upset that they said, hey, 7-Eleven, you can't sell a fucking 40-ounce soda in a cup. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> right. insane. Right. But they were like, no, we can't have these rules. This is freedom. But those were corporations who are pushing that movement because they make money off of your unhealthiness. They make money off of your addiction to caffeine and Coca-Cola and Pepsi. There are literal people who cannot get up in the morning until they've had a sip of Pepsi. I'm not even exaggerating. They get headaches. That's how addicted they are to this crap. That's that right? caffeine and caffeine and that sugar. I found out when I was buying salad dressing. Right. And I had bought fat free and I had bought regular. Right. And I looked at my fridge. I was like, oh, I got this dressing in here. I looked at the fat free dressing. It's a shit ton of sugar. There's way more sugar in yeah. it than yeah. the regular dressing. The regular yeah. dressing had, had a little bit of fat, but it was mostly not any sugar in it. And I always thought that was interesting. Nobody, but you said it's fat free. So in my mind, if you're trying to lose weight, oh, I'm going to get the fat free dressing because that's healthier. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's full of all types of shit, including high fructose corn syrup and all the other things. That then you got to go down the rabbit hole, like which which is the healthy fat and which is the bad fat. Oh, man. Right. That's, whole, and that's then, why I was supposed to vinaigrette. I was like, fuck it. I don't want to. <laughs> or just and, and, and who has time to make their own every week? Right. Right. And then um, the cereals. I think I told you guys this before, too. I learned this, too. Not just cereal, but anything that you see fortified vitamins, fortified with vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, whatever. Those are actually causing weight problems. Because if you go to places like France, the reason why they can eat carbs and bread and their their country is not full of obese people because they don't have synthetic vitamins and oils in their foods. We do. So a lot of those things fortified with vitamins are not real vitamins because there's no vitamins in the shit. They put them in there. They put these fake vitamins in there. So parents will buy it and market it to you and say, hey, we put vitamins in it. But it's just processed sugar and bunch of cr- and corn and crap, right? But we don't talk about that part of health. We don't talk about the fact that the food that we're eating makes it 10 times harder to lose weight. We don't talk about that because we are so focused on individual choices. You're a bad person or a good person. You're a healthy person or an unhealthy person based off of how I'm looking at you. And to get back to the other point, I've been watching everybody on the Internet seeing everybody who's into fitness and health has an eating disorder. Everybody in the fitness and health does not have a fucking eating disorder. That was a big thing on Twitter where someone was saying that... uh, uh, I, actually, there was the meme that even made, made fun of that. I think I might have sent it to you guys where somebody was um, saying on Twitter, this is what a positive person is and this is what a negative person is. And then, and then uh, actually, I, I got I to send it to you, but uh, it, it was basically somebody was talking about, hey, don't worry about your underlying problems. Just take SSRIs all day. Uh, you're you're beautiful. You're you're wonderful. Uh, right. And, and then like that's a that's a healthy person. And then this is a description <laughs> of a toxic person. They showed somebody um, w- w- with with muscles, and they're like, you can be better. Just believe in yourself and do the work. <laughs> hey, hey, I noticed you've been feeling down lately. You want to hit the gym later? Uh, mental issues? Let's get to the bottom of them and fix the cause. You got to lose some weight. You'll feel amazing. And that was the person in the toxic category. And then the person, I'm, I'm going to send you the, the uh, link now. But the, the funny thing is, even though it was a joke, if it wasn't for the for the pictures that they added, I wouldn't have been sure. Because the pictures. I would have said they both sound kind of toxic. You can do it. Like, I don't know. Some of those overly motivating people can be assholes, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can be they can be motivating, too. But the toxic person's picture I thought was was funny because they 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 put them with like a, a cat hat on and these weird. I just sent it to the. Table. Oh, yeah, I seen it. I see it. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to tell you guys, like I, ha- I found that link that I put in the text. Uh, so it's called emotional immaturity. That's what the. Yeah. And there's 10 signs of it. And this is crazy because these are all things that you'll see online with people having these conversations. Number one is impulsive behavior. You know what I'm saying? Um, they have a hard, like, like emotional, immature people, they lack certain emotional and social skills and have trouble relating to other adults. Now, the key word is adults. How would adult, how would an adult behave in a conversation talking about these topics? Well, one thing an adult is not going to do is when you don't agree with them, start talking bad about your uh, physical features or whatever. You know, adults oh, not gonna something else they do too. They were doing this yesterday too, uh, and you guys saw this. They kept saying they talk about your physical features, and they say, "Oh," and they also say stuff like, "Hey, is he paying you? Are you on his dick?" And and yeah, I was this like, is all there. Yeah, that's all emotional immaturity. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Listen, even let's say he was paying me." So I told the girl, 
okay, let's say you're right. He's paying me and I'm on his dick. How does that make me wrong? He could be paying right. me and I'm on his dick and I'm still totally right. So, okay, yes, he's paying me and I'm on his dick. Now answer the so, question, you know? So, and, so impulsive but, behavior. Hold on, but, but I add one more thing. You know what else I kept saying too? And I think this adds to that. You don't get the point. Right. They always keep claiming if you don't agree with them. No, um, but the thing is, we got the point. What we're saying is it doesn't matter. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. We get the it point. We just disagree. But I think yeah. a child can't understand that somebody because they can't because they want to have their way yeah so another sign of is demanding attention this is another thing that these people do these are grown-ass people demanding attention name calling and bullying that's another one avoidance we know they do that you know what i'm saying emotionally immature people may not have a good sense of the future or how to plan for it refusing to take on significant responsibilities like committed relationships careers investments Home ownership, avoiding responsibility, even if responsibility for your words. I'd guess Nar- they, I'd guess uh, that they even sabotage it. Like yeah. when they have it, they, my guess was that they probably also sabotage it because that fear of the responsibility is too much. That's another sign is narcissism. An essential facet of maturity is the ability to think about other people's needs and feelings. They don't give a fuck about nobody but themselves. That's why Twitter is an echo, echo chamber. Uh, immature people only appear to care about themselves. They take, they dislike compromise. And they don't want to take other people's ideas into account. So when they keep telling you, you don't get it. And you're telling them, no, I get it. That's another sign. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, it, and, and even if you explain the point, because at one point I was like, listen, this is her point. I'm tired of you saying I don't get her point. It, it's, not, it's not rocket science. You know, she's saying that you have to code switch to survive. And I, like, like, I get it. Like, this is the point. Tell me what I'm not. I'm not getting. And the person's like, well, you still don't get the point. And then they restated the exact same thing I said <laughs> in different words. Yeah. And I'm like, you're saying the same thing that I just said in different words, but you just want to bludgeon me over and over until I just say you're right. Yeah, you know, only, I had that happen in a conversation. It was about, oh, the somebody tweeted something dumb. It was so stupid. Another thing that these people do in these liberal spaces, they f- make things an issue that aren't really issues. So they said, uh, uh, I'm putting together a uh, we call those things a um, registry for my peaks. I got my PhD for my PhD graduation. So, um, because I feel like women should be honored, should be celebrated oh, for more I than just weddings and having this. babies, right? Yeah. So we need more than babies and wedding showers to get gifts. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, one, you can register, any, you can register for anything anytime you want. Like no store is going to be like, no, this isn't the right holiday. Like you know, nobody's going to do that. You could register anytime you want. If you want gifts, just say you want some fucking gifts. To make it like it's some sort of feminist issue, it just makes no sense to me. But, because, Two, but, but those are the, that same person. But. but well, hold on. That's, Two, I have, I have a few points. So two, those days aren't solely for the woman. <laughs> like the wedding is for the partnership and the baby shower is to give you things for the baby to help the family get, you know, the things that they need because getting things for babies can be expensive. People come together and they get you gifts for you to help your baby. It's not specifically to celebrate you. Three, you niggas don't have birthdays. Like, what are you talking about? People don't give you gifts on birthdays. Like, what is, like, there is, that's a non-thing. So I said this, right? Tell me how everybody in that thread said I, I missed the point. I was so, I, I didn't Because miss the, 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 you missed the point because they're all in together with this individualistic, narcissistic-ass behavior. That's what you're not getting. You're not playing the game the right way, Vita. That's what you're not, you're not getting. <laughs> you feel like th- this is childish entitlement. Like, and yes. entitlement extends to... I'm entitled to have people agree with whatever I say. And if you don't agree with it, you're somehow oppressing Something's me. Something's wrong with like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're and, oppressing and, me because you won't buy me a gift because I got a PhD even though you don't know me. And yeah, you're, pr- yeah. you're privileged, I, you know. Yeah. yeah I, I got a PhD. You should celebrate me. I know you don't know me. This same person said when they went through the line at the, at the grocery store, they want to be uh, addressed as doctor. I looked at that shit. I cracked up laughing because you're not living in reality. No, and, and they surround themselves with echo chambers. Like, like they won't have any friend that won't affirm them 100% of the time. Yeah. They don't make friends with people. A real friend's going to tell you, man, you're full of shit. You better quit yeah. tripping. Yeah, so then they start really thinking that everything they say is airtight. If you ever see, like, the threads or whatever, they'll make some really stupid basic point. Like, funny how when this happens, uh, such and such happens, if only they knew. And it'd be the dumbest point. And then they would be... 100 people like girl you said a word and it's like no they didn't that's a stupid no, they didn't point. man and and like every single banal point these people make all their friends hop in 
So, of course, the minute it goes to your head after a while, you start actually thinking, like, wow, my points really make that much sense. You see, with like the. I'm smarter than I thought I was. I just yeah. said some bullshit and everybody Yo, believes it. That is so real. Yeah. You know, it makes me think, uh, like, the fact that they also like bell hook statement you can't dismantle the master's house using the master's tools and i hate that uh, audrey metaphor lord, but, 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 oh, oh audrey lord my bad I, i'm shitting on the wrong person um audrey lord whoever said it shit on both of them Who cares? every time but every Who's time counting? i read that i'm always confused like why like the metaphor doesn't make sense because even in the metaphor yes you can you sure the fuck can you can use whatever tools you fucking want that doesn't like that what are you talking that was the about? whole point of the spook that sat by the door and, and, yeah, and but but to them, the master tools is whatever they happen to not like. Same thing with with acting white. Being being like a white person means whatever they don't like. So well, dating, you, know, the, you know, the master's tools when they make that statement is really talking about black men dating white women. That's all it is. No, no, these are, these are for anything. They, they, they use it for like. In fact, I don't think I've seen them use they, it for black they men. Use it for black male patriarchy when I've seen. Yeah, it it's always yeah. got something to do with black men. Yeah, yeah. They, they'll they'll say like you know if if a black if a black man wants to um open a business oh the master's tools will not you know do whatever but if yeah, they, they hate capitalism until it's time for them to open up their own bookstore or whatever the fuck they got going on yeah black yeah, girl so, wine oh my god i gotta get the black girl magic wine this is right. like, yeah yeah black lives matter buying houses uh real estate uh, <laughs> the real estate market is not the master's tools at all like you know activists shouldn't be activists have to be poor now yeah, I can buy the master's house <laughs> with the master's money. None of that is the master's tools, you know. I'm, with the master's money, we get to the master's house, but that's fine. I bought five master houses, but you know, <laughs> that's a, right. That doesn't uh, invalidate the thing, the thing at all. I, I, I sent you guys the video of the TikTok of, of that girl. Yeah, and, so yeah, and, and everybody was. Uh, attacking her in the comments, like sixteen thousand comments, calling her uh, a bitch and, and all this stuff. So like, but I was confused because I w- heard what she was saying. It's not like she was having some sort of body issue in her mind. I couldn't really tell. It's not like she was saying like when you when I wear my clothes this way, you can't. I don't. I'm not really thick, but when I but when you see this, it seemed more like she was. It is like she was bragging. No, she she was totally she was totally bragging. But but oh, she but, was. Uh, maybe well, I didn't I, hear it. Well, this is this is the thing. Uh, you know, TikTok, everyone can take one sound and make their own video to go with the sound. So people are talking about how they um, when they wear their pants a certain way, you can't tell that they have hips. But, you know, if you pull down the pants, so what everybody does. But I think a lot of people were kind of using it um, who were like big or whatever to kind of show like uh, like, hey, I'm secretly fat. But people can't tell that I'm fat. But when she uses it, it's like she's fit, but she doesn't look like she has an, any type of hourglass figure. But when she pulls it down, she actually has some courage. But because she wasn't doing it to, like, you know, reveal fat, she was actually doing it to reveal. Um, oh, abs. see, I don't but, know TikTok world. So this was a sound she was using. Yeah, yeah. This is a sound she's using. But oh, so that wasn't uh, her actually talking. Okay. Yeah, that's that wasn't I was her confused. actually talking. But everyone who's using it, uh, when they pulled it down, they would reveal like like a gut, and everyone would be like, "Oh, you're beautiful. What gut? That's wonderful, right?" But then when she used it, because she used it to unveil, she um, was skinny skinny they're like you you bitch and they, they were like you say you're ugly and you you photoshop your body everyone's accusing her of editing her body and using filters and just just attacking her so it's like and it was all like these body positivity women like you know um attacking her and it was just trolling and being crazy and i just think like in general like that's what um uh, it's part of the emotional immaturity thing like like well uh, but when you put it when you phrase the whole story because i didn't i didn't understand what i was looking at because i don't <clears throat> i didn't know i was like oh, i just want the girls showing something about her i i didn't fully pay attention either because i was listening to you guys but even with what you're saying it sounds like that girl was being antagonistic i mean i don't know maybe you know what let me click the sound and see what other people's videos so okay do you know you know how to click the sound I'll send you the original of um okay what the one that started because I think that will give you some perspective. But the one that um started it wasn't particularly big herself. So I sent I just sent the one that started it. She just had a little bit of love handles and whatever. Oh okay. And, and I think what happened right is um 
some big people started hopping onto onto it. But there, there's a mix of people who there's a mix of people who have it because if you click the sound, you can see everybody who uses it. So she's not the only um, skinny person. But I just think her body is just extra extra um, fit. Uh, so so then everybody just got really upset with her and accused her of photoshopping her body and saying the body wasn't uh, real. But when big people used it, then everybody was extra over the top with the praise. Oh, I see. Because this first, you're right. Because this first girl is skinny too. So, or she's yeah. slim. She's just not as skinny as the other girl, but she's slim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's she's the one who uh, start started it. But I think it eventually started getting taken over by um, bigger people who kind of using it for body positivity. Oh, this girl has a. Uh, uh... A million over a million followers. TikTok okay. is crazy. You can get a million followers easy on there. I would think so, but I see people who t- use TikTok damn near every day, and they're always showing up on my shit, and they still don't got no followers. So I don't know. I only follow them because they were like my friends on Facebook. As um, yeah, TikTok world is a trip. But okay, that's a place with a lot of trolls on it. TikTok has a lot of trolls. Oh yeah, the worst trolls are on. I think I think because that's where you can go the most virals. Everybody gets mad at you for saying something. I there's something I was talking to my brother about because he's 16 and he gets caught up in social media shit sometimes. Not in the same way I would even say that any of us are because he's like there's the way teens use social media is a little bit different because it's like a cross between their real life and. Um, social media a little bit more, I think. Yeah, I always tell people it's the difference between being online a lot and actually having online brain. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Online brain is a whole different thing. That's when it's like <laughs> actually part of your like your waking life. Yeah, I think with teens, they mostly interact online with people that they still know in real life or they know people that know them. So it's like their actual network. And I'm sure you've probably seen this with your daughter, Kenny. Uh, um, and I, I noticed this when I was nannying too. So the, the, they grew up with social media already existing. Yeah, it already existed. Yeah, this, so is, this is normal to them. Yeah. So I talk to him sometimes. So there's that shock value shit, you know, and teens in general, they like shock value shit. I don't, they just like that. shit, like pissing off adults. <laughs> they it like, doesn't bother them. It does, you know, as much as the um, trolling that we talk about, just annoying. It doesn't bother them as much. No, they, at they all. Just, they just they like out of sight, out of mind. Or, or they just do it themselves in another yeah. way. Like, it's just, you know, and so listen to the music, like listen to like the young kids. I mean, they're all, they're getting wilder and wilder because they like the shock value of it. Yeah. And I think that's always been the case. I think that started with Odd Future too. Odd Future was that, well, that first internet hip hop group that just would say yeah. wild shit just to be saying it. In hip hop, yes. But in general, if you look at just throughout decades of history, it was always the teen and youth culture. Oh, yeah. Was, punk rock. That's what punk that was. That was wild, right? Yeah, like, punk. it's all, it, look at, look, shit, look at the 20s. Like, the roaring yeah. 20s was like this big sex craze time, right? But the internet and social media, I think, really warped it in a very specific way. Because you could hide. And you can profit yeah. from it better, too. Yeah, you can hide um, and you can expose all these weird things that you have going on in your weird brain. That's very, exactly. That's exactly it. And so I was telling my brother, because he does music and does like little social media stuff here and there. And he, he gets like, he I don't know if he got his account back, but I know at one point he had like a ton of followers and to the point where companies were sending him free shit, right? And when I first uh, got back in touch with him, because we had lost touch for a little while, he was, you know, a lot of his stuff was very shock value, very dark. He loved Odd Future because of the shock value stuff. Earl Sweatshirt's like his favorite rapper. And we were talking and I said, you know, I don't have a problem with shock value. because, it, But it has to have value. Like it's just shocking people to be annoying or being a troll. That just makes you annoying and a troll. I said, if you're going to shock people, shock them with some real shit. Jar them with something that matters, something that's important, that sparks something. Just shock value for the sake of being shocking <clears throat> it just gets you attention. It doesn't actually do anything positive. It doesn't create any type of so- uh, substantial or solid movement. It doesn't create real change. It creates problems. <clears throat> and he was, you know, at first he was, he you know, he, he was, he was showing me shit he was listening to, right? It was some shit that was either like borderline, some shit or just some all the way crazy shit. And he was like, oh, this is like my favorite rapper. And it's, it was like some guy who's, I think he was like racist, but like 
towing the line of doing shit. And I said, why would you even watch this? I was so confused by it. He, but when he told me, he says, oh, it's just different. And, you know, people don't, you know, he was like, he was going through, my brother himself was going through a change himself. You know, teenagers be going through shit. So he was going through his own shit. And that's the tough part about the social media thing. It's like now teens have access to so much bullshit while they're going through their normal processes of growing, right? Like I couldn't go through my self-esteem issue stage in my teen years, an awkward body stage, and then look on my phone and there's all these girls with fake bodies telling me that they got it in the gym. Right, 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 right. right. <clears throat> and I'm then I'm comparing myself to that every day. And those are the people that become famous and get reality shows and shit like that and become get paid. They're doing product placement and all that. Type right, of shit. right. So that's Fashion show, over paying them now. I couldn't even imagine. I don't even know how these girls have self esteem. I don't even know if it exists. Well, that's why a lot of them, I have to say it like this, and it sounds messed up, but that's why a lot of these people take themselves out. And it's sad because you know who's, uh, whose suicide rates have increased the highest? Black youth. Yep. <clears throat> Our rates have increased 37%. Other groups are like in 10%. We've had two 12%. black girls that were beauty pageant uh, winners. One was Miss USA, I believe. She jumped off a building. That's sad. You know what I'm sad saying? Like, and, I, you know, she had just interviewed because she, she was working for some um, entertainment conglomerate like news weekly or not news weekly or entertainment tonight or something she had just interviewed denzel and denzel was giving her all this glowing praise about what she's done and how great because she was kind of like tripping like i can't believe i'm interviewing denzel he was basically telling her no we the same we on the same level you know you're interviewing me i'm interested in you because of what you've done and then you're interested in me because of, of what i've done and we're coming together to do this interview she jumped off a building like a week later that's so sad. Yeah. That is terrible. And, and 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 the main she left a post on Instagram and she talked about how trying to live up to all these expectations and keep going forward because there was always a next another expectation. It never ended. You know what I'm saying? I I always wonder to what level assimilation uh plays a role because I, I I don't know. I always wonder to what level do like black people in the so-called hood really entertain um suicide versus black people who get to be around and immerse themselves among a lot of other cultures because i think in some cultures suicide is way more um i don't want to say acceptable but commonplace so commonplace right it's not commonplace in the hood no I mean, at least I don't think so. I, I, we could be. I don't could think be, so. We, we could be wrong, but yeah. a lot of times when I meet uh, or hear about black people who you know entertain suicide a lot, because it's kind of weird. I mean, Dave Chappelle kind of even make kind of a joke about this about how like he knew somebody who's having like, a horrible life and they're working Foot Locker and killing themselves never crossed their mind that like, you know they they lost everything. But it's like uh, Anthony. It could Bourdain. be. I mean, it could be different these days. I mean, back in the day when we were depressed, we just got drunk and smoked crack. I mean, I don't know what. Yeah, you know. yeah, people. Yeah, people would get on crack and get strung out but killing themselves would never cross their mind in the hood and it's like but a lot of times like you know i uh in college there's a lot of black people i knew who uh committed like, suicide but they always used to hang out with, with the white kids yeah. um and and i there was a culture I, around it because like. because this is such a serious topic i want to just put some facts out there um because i i just want to keep you know make sure our listeners understand that you know we're I just want to make sure we're talking about the right shit. So um, I just pulled this up from edsource.org. It's about black youth facing um, the raising uh, rates of suicide. And the second paragraph of this article says the suicide rate among black youth, which for years trailed that of Asian and white students, has doubled since 2014, is now twice the statewide average, far exceeding... Yeah, far exceeding all other groups, according to the California Department of Public Health. 12 of every 1,000... I'm sorry, 12 of every 100,000 Black 18 to 24-year-olds died by suicide in 2020. In 2014, the Black suicide rate was about 25% lower than that of white students and 15% lower than the rate among Asian students. Black young people are also more at risk of depression, anxiety, and stress due to the pandemic and the recent spotlight on police violence against black people, according to a December advisory from the U.S. Surgeon General. Gun violence, climate change, and economic uncertainty also play a role. So this is what I want to know. This is what I want to know, because I understand like that in part about climate change and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, we talk about when we talk about black folks in the hood, 
most black people in the hood don't have time to worry about climate change. So what is the what is the root cause of it? You know what I'm saying? And what is the socioeconomic background of these people that are going through these things? Because it'll tell you a lot more than yeah. just saying climate change. Yeah, there's a whole that's report. What that's what so I'm just, wondering. Let's so for anyone who is wondering, because these are these are great questions, but there is an actual report. And I know this is actually doing a story on black youth suicide. Um, so there's an actual resource that there's a black youth suicide report that was given to the um, black caucus in the Congress with has is put together by psychologists and people who um, has, are, have been studying black youth suicide specifically. And um, I'm trying to find the actual website of it. Because I would like to know, I like to go down a rabbit hole. What is it about climate change that makes black people in particularly commit suicide? My because guess would be certain types of climate change. That would be my guess. And then, you're right. That's something we have to be very specific on. Yeah. Um, in, the 19, in 1974, there was actually a study called uh, The Economics of uh, Black Suicide. I mean, that's very, that's very outdated. Because it's 1974, but I would love to like look at that and compare it to today and see if like as black people got more economically mobile. But I'll, I'll, I'm gonna add something else too. The internet has changed things. Where now I feel like even if you're in your 20s and younger and in a black area, you're kind of immersed in other cultures in a way. Yeah, if you're on the internet, yeah, yeah, yeah. So regardless yeah. of socioeconomic background, so so so, so now people can probably absorb a lot of different cultures in a way they didn't because there's, there's like black kids who um you know they'll be they'll be tweeting from like you know someplace like bed star and they have um k-pop yeah i'm like how is that even possible like yeah <laughs> how are you into k-pop and you're yeah it's like it's not only that you know uh, this is an era where just like I, I think we talked about this before they talk about how the inflation rate is at, at where the, the reagan era was you know that's where inflation is right now but this is the first time you've ever seen people that are completely broke have quote unquote things back in those days. I think me and Mario was talking about this, but back in the day, if you was broke, you didn't have no motherfucking car. Yeah. That's the last thing you was going to have. You wasn't going to have no wearable shoes. Your shoes was talking when you was broke. And I'm talking about the Reagan and the first Bush era, you know, the eighties, you know what I'm saying? You wasn't, you can be broke these days and have a pair of Jordans. I mean, you know what I'm saying? How you, well, get we, there, how we you have, accumulate these things is different to, to, to compared to debt. money. But this is what they're doing to us. We are so dumb. And I, I hate to call us dumb because we're not dumb. But you get what I'm saying. We've become, we've become mesmerized by consumerism to the point that we've just been digging ourselves into a bigger, bigger hole of debt, including us getting college educations, right? That's really what it is. So it feels like we're getting money because what we've always wanted money for is to have shit. That's why we wanted money. So we could have the shit that we, weren't unable, to, we were unable to get growing up. Right. So we weren't able to have a car if you were poor. You had to catch the bus. So what did they do? They, they started ex- making it easier for you to have bad credit and still get a car yeah, and get a car. Yeah. From somebody but, somewhere. But so right? you can feel good about yourself with instant gratification by getting a car, by going to the, the car lot, you know, over in the hood somewhere where you're going, you know, you have a 35 now, percent. Now interest. they got payment plans for phones. You can get yeah. Klarna and I buy my perfume on Klarna because I like expensive perfume. You know, uh, it, so we even, we even high school kids are finding a way because uh, I remember when I was in high school. I couldn't always wear nice things uh, just just because first I couldn't afford them. But even if I could save up and afford them, like, like I had a friend, he bought a starter jacket and he just bought the starter jacket. And but even even just for inflation, starter jackets cost nowhere near what they were, they were wearing. Yeah, wearing they were, a starter jacket. I remember because I got one. It was one hundred dollars. Yeah, even just for inflation, these kids have yep. five hundred dollars sneakers now, yeah. or, or, or more expensive, like like those Balenciaga joints that see high school. Or they're all wearing. reselling shoes. They're all resellers. Yeah, so there's a lot of that going on. But they're not they're not getting robbed. My friend got a starter jacket. But he got it by himself, and we told him like, "Don't buy it by yourself. Wait till you get to go with your crew to buy something nice." And he right. he went by himself to Jamaica Avenue. He didn't even make it home. He did not make it home. He walked down the block. He turned around. He saw like five people walking behind him. So, and this is how he tells the story. It's very funny. He, he walked out the store. He felt fresh. He had his 49ers starter. He looked behind him and five guys were walking behind him. So he walked a little faster. He looked behind him and then um, they, they were walking a little faster. So he walked a little faster again. And then he was about to break into a run. But he said, let me look behind me one more time. And then he turned around and he saw a fist. And then he blacked oh. out. Oh, and then he woke up, no starter jacket. He had the starter jacket 
for he woke up two- and had no jacket on. Yeah, he was, a whole yeah it's cold blocks. out here. Why is it so cold? Oh, I got knocked out. He, he made it a whole two blocks with uh, the jacket. But now I see these high school kids, um, black kids going to like predominantly black schools, rocking like five hundred dollars sneakers, a Gucci belt, whatever, just chilling. It's it's. It's a different because everybody has it now. Nobody has to bother to rob you for sure. I, I have to see if that's true. I don't know because I've never seen that in in New in the, in New York. But I also train, feel like these I was kids say, better than me. But I was gonna say I feel like New York is even more of a fashion place than L.A. So I could see that being the case. I just I don't think I've seen high school kids in my neighborhood <laughs> walk around like that at all. Unless yeah, the, that, the only ones I can say that did are ones that you know for a fact aren't in school i'll say that much also too you have to know um the brands because uh i didn't know them at first right so there was this one that kind of looks like converse i didn't know what it was i saw these kids wearing it and then i asked them that's how i want to look nice so i actually asked the kid because i'll ask people if i like what you're wearing i'll just ask i don't care i'm like hey um what kind of sneaker is that and the kid told me oh that's golden goose he looked at me like you know get out of here oldie like, what, what the hell are you asking me shit for right uh... so, so i was like okay so i said well that looked kind of good it looks like Converse, All Star, but with a little uh, more swag. So I looked it up. It was six hundred dollars. I was like, "Fuck no, I'm not gonna spend six hundred dollars." So I started thinking, like, "Damn!" So all these kids are wearing a six hundred, but it doesn't look like shit. It, like, you it know, I'm nice. gonna find out. I'm gonna. I'm actually interested in that. I'm gonna do my. I'm research gonna tell you guys, that. man. As a person, you know, you guys know how I'm in this, like sneakers and like kicks. Yeah, you're like, in stuff. I'm in. I'm immersed in it. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, dude. I, there's kids. Man, these kids they come across stuff so easy these days. I mean, just well, by reselling, trading, getting, finding deals. Now, I live in the home of Nike, Portland. You know, it's, homeless people have Jordans, and I'm not exaggerating. Um, because they, you can go to any any spot around here that, say, do, that donate stuff. You know, I donate I was, stuff all the time. I was going to say, I've been to sneak, I've been to, been to sneaker donation spots, and yeah. they people throw in, like, their Jordans. That, that still all looks good. Might yeah. be gently used. Or, like, yeah. thrift shops. I've been to thrift stores, and I've seen Jordans. The kids so. buy, see, this is also an area where kids will buy used shoes. Now, when we was in high, when I was in high school, if you tried to sell me some shoes that have been worn, I'd laugh in your fucking face. I probably take yeah. your shoes and beat you with them. You know what I mean? You trying to sell me some shoes? You work the fuck out of here. Nah, they but, buy them. But th- those same shoes are still worth money. You know what I'm saying? A, a pair of Jordan ones that's been worn twice are still worth three, four hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? So the 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 placement of wor- the worth of things have gone up. You know what I'm saying? So it's easier and it's easier to access these things and make a couple of dollars because when you go to a, if there's a um a nike some, a, some whatever jordan or whatever because a lot of collabs going on now so a store like concepts in new york or kith you know kith is a big you know ronnie fag is a big store in new york um they'll do a collaboration with nike on a certain shoe or a puma or something man them kids are lined up the shoe only 100 bucks but then they're gonna go flip that shoe for 450 500 you know what I'm saying? Well, and then they I, just keep doing it over and over and well, over again. Well, and everybody's I, flipping, so nobody has to bother to... The, the scarcity is not like they are like it used to be. Like, no. everybody's got nice shit now. Yeah. I want to be clear on what I, um, kind of what I'm saying, though. I don't doubt that that demographic of buyers exists, right? I, I 100% know. I also know that my ex is a sneakerhead. I used to go with him sometimes to go sell his sneakers. He literally would have worn them maybe once or twice and he'd sell them even higher than what he paid for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, after he'd worn them once or twice and then he's like, oh, I just wanted to wear them for this event or to this thing or just for a, a little bit. I'm going to upsell them. So he would sell them and, and he'd get some, uh, he'd take that money and get some other shoes, right? <laughs> Um, and so, so I, I know that whole world exists, but I'm interested in seeing the class of the kids that are able to do that versus, cause I also live in one of the poorest districts in the city. Um, so it might be a little bit different here because I, I'm, I'm, but I'm also just really curious to see what that looks like because I do see that over in West LA, Fairfax, Melrose, Melrose is where that rapper got killed. What's his name? Uh, XX. Tentacion or one of them rappers no, he, got no, killed. No, that wasn't that wasn't him. That was somebody. Of, else. Oh, somebody, somebody got killed on Melrose. I just can't okay. remember who it was. Oh, yeah, and they had a memorial. Oh no, no, they had a memorial for him in Melrose. I'm sorry, they had a memorial okay. memorial for him in Melrose. And I thought that was really interesting that it wasn't like his his audience wasn't South Central. They didn't have nothing for him. They nobody talked about him in South Central at all. But over in Melrose, Melrose being a you know very it's a it's a shopping area. It's a lot of. It's very white, but it's, it's that's where a lot of the, also very the, diverse the, it's Hollywood. The, so there's a there's a certain class, and I don't like to use the word class, but there's a certain uh shit, a group of a, kids. So the group of kids that are into that in LA are the kids that are going to 
uh, undefeated supreme. Yes, those yes, kids. yes. Now a diamond our, supply and all diamond that stuff. supply. Um, our kids are in that. Kids in the hood are oh, involved are, in that. There are black you know kids in it. I've Absolutely. definitely seen the black kids in it. It's I don't majority know how, Asian is more majority Asian kids. I don't. I've seen. I've definitely seen the black kids. kids on Melrose, right? I yeah. definitely seen that because that's that's who our future was. They were those kids. They yeah, were the Melrose that's, that, kids. That's those kids exactly. But, but, but they're not but, from but, the hood, but, though. But, 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 no, they're from Heights. Right, but that's but, what I'm but saying. So, but listen. But let me finish my point real quick. I'm saying I'm thinking that the Ladera Heights kids, the Baldwin Hills kids, the Valley kids. I I can see the Valley those black kids being a part of it. I'm, it's, I'm I don't think I'm seeing that here in South Central or even Inglewood. Inglewood's m- pretty much got a lot of middle class. Well, I mean, people. but you got to think about it. The kids in your neighborhood are they associated with that culture? If they were, if they're associated with that culture, I guarantee you they're involved in it. And but that's kids, a, kids yeah, hood, that's probably kids, true. That's probably true. Are associated with that culture. I mean, I can't speak for LA, but I can speak for um, New York. Gentrification has things also kind of weird too because gentrification. If if you're like a kid in Bed Stuy, you know you could be like you know your family's from Bed Stuy. You could be uh, blue collar. You could be whatever, but you're still in a place that has a lot of hot real estate, a lot of hot things popping up. There's like a mix of things going on where you can be in a place that on on one block or like one building in the block is kind of hood, but you're still surrounded by kombucha, by sneakerheads, yeah. yep. by um. You know, people wearing Supreme. Everybody's mixed in together. Yeah. So you get some people in the hood who get kind of exposed to this stuff. And it's a quick train ride or whatever to go into Manhattan and attend a Supreme drop. And then, you know, you come back to your neighborhood um, with like, you know, some nice stuff. So it's and, so, and you so, immediately jump on fucking offer up or stock X or all these different places and you make that money. Stock X this is crazy. StockX don't even StockX is so crazy that you don't even like if as long as you have the shoe, you're getting the money. You don't yeah. have to have the buyers. The buyers already exist. Yeah. It's like a lot of hood kids now are way more immersed in cross-cultural and cross-class exchange, I think, than when we were younger. Like they oh, know, yeah. Yeah. Like, like like some kid some kid <laughs> Bed Stein who's like two, three generations deep in Bed-Stein, he knows what Japanese kids you know, with money want. Because of it, because of the internet. Because of the internet. You know what I mean? That's and true. Uh, he knows about Supreme Drops. He knows about, um, you know, uh, what people, what drops in other cities are happening and stuff. And oh, yeah. When it's coming to New York. It's very weird because I, I see these kids. They understand kombucha. They understand hipsters. They understand stuff in a way that I didn't understand when I was, I was a kid. It took I mean, college. if if this existed when we were in when we were in high school, yeah. you know that that culture wouldn't be. Um, first of all, they would have immersed into what we were doing. We wouldn't be immersed into what they were doing because what we were doing was the hot shit at that time. So because and I, I was talking about this with somebody, you know, at that time, the idea of I think I was talking to Vita. We recorded about this. The idea of the John Singleton, the Diddy, all these different people that was new. So the people that were controlling these things didn't know how to market it. They didn't know how to take control of it towards now. Oh, they're in total control of this. You know what I'm saying? So now you can see Supreme in Bed-Stuy. That's why you'll see Supreme in. I, I know about Supreme doing a drop in South Central. I know um, what's name did a drop. Uh, Kanye did a drop for his brand. There was a drop in South Central for his Yeezy brand. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where they did it. And it was like a bunch of kids from everywhere that were there. They don't care that it's in South Central. They don't care that it's in Best Eye. They come and in then, to get and, that and stuff. Then, and then a lot of locals get kind of sucked into it too. Yeah, something yes. else. And I can I can't say this for California. I can say it for New York. Um, it's about Katie said when we were younger, like we were producing the culture that yeah. all the outsiders want to jump into. But now these kids, especially post, we don't create the culture anymore. They're not creating the culture, so they're actually looking to other people. Like a lot of these black kids growing up. Um, are looking to K-pop. They're looking to um, Supreme Drops. All the so-called streetwear brands are by... They're rich, coming from Japan. Rich yeah, and they're coming kids. from Japan. They're coming from yeah. China. They're coming from all these different places. It's not made in the hood no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We it's unfortunate, street, but... When we were growing up, streetwear was like someone from South Central. Was it Cross Colors from, from California? I think Carl Kanai. I think Carl Kanai might have been a Brooklyn guy, but, but it used to be people from the hood used to make hip-hop clothes, you know? Now streetwear means some skater kids from like you know some place in California, yeah, or, Ladera Heights, yeah, or, or some Japanese kids. That's our know, future. 
are selling it and all the black kids people like asap rocky are chasing after what the the white skate guys are creating yeah yeah the most the most we would do back in the day was tommy hill figure ralph lauren Maybe you know, Stussy. stuff like that, yeah. Stussy, stuff like that. But, but now even then, it's even then we would we'd remix it and flip it. Re- like, exactly. That was all I was going to say. We end up remixing it and, and making it our own as compared to where now we don't remix shit. We just wear it the same way they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like the way those lowlifes in Brooklyn used to rock the polo, they yeah. wouldn't wear it the way like, you know, the white kids would wear it. You know, nah, the, the white kids nah. would be horrified to wear it. They made it into like uh, street culture. But these kids just you're right. They just copy it like carbon copy how can we tie this back to lizzo that's the challenge <laughs> well i mean you know I, I, feel like, I feel like it ties in it's all part of the same culture of the internet uh, it, no because because i mean yeah i mean all, all of this is a, a culture led by a certain group of people you know what i mean these kids like the way we see lizzo is not the same way these kids are gonna see it they look at that as just something that's just happening you know what i'm saying it's just something that's happening they don't see that there's you know, is there any cultural impact? Is there any talent there? Like, how does this play into what it is that they're doing? It's just something that's happening. Compared and you compare that towards back in the day when something was whack, you were not allowed to be whack in hip hop culture. You just weren't allowed to be whack and you weren't allowed to bite. So if you were whack, like, you know, people wasn't feeling vanilla ice off rip. You know what I'm saying? We knew that shit was garbage. And even MC Hammer caught a lot of that because it was like, oh, that's not real hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I liked Vanilla Ice when I was like four. Don't ever tell that to anybody <laughs> in real life again. I was like, yeah, you four, a, you don't I know was, no better. I was a baby. I didn't know. Yeah, nineteen ninety one. I mean, we knew he, he was he was dancing with the Ninja Turtles, you know. Right. That's that's work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean. Now you have to ask yourself: Would that if he, if he wasn't white, would he be in the Ninja Turtles Part Two movie? Probably nope. not. Um, um, you know, what I think this all ties into too is that nowadays it's all about. Uh, I came up with this. Uh, acronym called uh save s-a-v-e right and save is seen affirmed validated and empathized with if you can can do those four things you can blow up all people want from anything is they want to feel seen like you know like oh i feel seen uh affirmed and validated sound like two different things uh, two the same thing but they're like slightly different because i looked it up like affirmed means I agree with what you think and what you choose and your choices and your beliefs, right? Validated just means your essence. Like, for example, like you're not even doing anything. Like, just because you're dark skinned, just because you're fat, just because you're black, just because you're white, like, you don't even have to do anything and I'll like you. Like, that's, that's validation. The empathize means like you're, I feel your pain. And it's like, if you can do one or all of those things, and that's what Lizzo's doing. She's, She's an internet person who's fat and trolls and people feel seen when they see her up there. They feel validated. Like, look, she's just like me talking about Chris Evans. And that's what she's basically doing in that whole monologue is reminding him just like you, your, your corny Chris Evans humor. I made a TikTok like that. You know, you know, those people love thirsting for Chris Evans. Um, yet none of it is, none of it is jokes. It's just um, recognition. Like, can you recognize that I'm like you. It's, she's just name dropping concepts, like you know. Um, and that's what I think the difference is, because because Kenny was saying you you couldn't be whack, but I think being whack doesn't matter anymore. Like, do you? It make doesn't me, matter. Do you make me feel seen? Do you make you, me you're, feel, you're you're commodified if you're whack now? Yeah. Do you make me feel affirmed? Do you make me feel validated? Yeah. Do, do I feel like you empathize with the way I feel like an outcast? Like like they want to be saved. That's, you that's literally crazy. sound like. You could do a training video for anyone's PR team right now. Yeah, right. Just, just yeah, exactly. Uh, someone's gonna steal this and put it and sell it to a corporation. We must save and have a PowerPoint. S A V E. Generation Z wants to be saved. Are you seeing them? Are you affirming them? Yeah. Um, um, Are you validating product, them? Yeah. Are you empathizing people, with them? Yeah. Follow the save model, and you will put anybody over. All right, Bob Proctor. I hear you. Yeah, you know something? I should cut this out of the episode and just try to make this a business model. Start consulting. To <laughs> you could probably really do that and get some money out of that. You know something? I'm making it the, the title of the episode. Uh, Save. I think. I think that 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 captures everything we've been talking about. Have you been saved? Have you been saved? <laughs> you gotta put that. You gotta put. Have you been saved? But saved in all caps, lowercase oh, yeah. d. That's that's the title of the episode. Yeah, lowercase d though, to make sure they get the impact of the acronym. 
Uh, anybody have any final thoughts? Do 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 you want to just wrap up with one thing that we did like? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I've been reading lately. Uh, is Agatha Christie novels, and they are. Damn, so, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, they are so. Because you know what happened? I watched, and this is a perfect tie into the overall thing. I watched the movie Death Death on the Nile. Um, it, and it's a, it's a new version of an Agatha Christie thing. And I had never really seen uh, an Agatha Christie movie except for one uh, called And Then There Were None, which is good. And I never heard about... The, there's a character called Poirot that's very famous. And I've never seen a Poirot movie. So this was a new 2021, 2022 Poirot movie. And I was like, you know, I've never seen a Poirot movie. Let me give this a try. The thing was fucking terrible. And it was so bad. But they put, like, black people in it. And they had um, Letitia Wright, who I've never gotten the appeal of uh, in the movie, doing a horrible... They had two British people playing black American people with horrible black American accents. Like, <laughs> Letitia Wright was doing this weird mix of a Southern draw slash hood girl slash whatever. <laughs> and then this other woman, I forgot... Her name, uh, she's you've seen it before. She's been in a bunch of, bunch of British stuff. Uh, Sophia, it's just some kind of African last name, Onkendor or something. Uh, she had some kind of weird drawl. I don't know what she was doing. And I'm like, why are there black people on this? And they put like some lesbians in it. And and again, my problem isn't that they had black people or lesbians, but the presentism was so weird. Like for example, uh, these two characters reveal, hey, we're lesbians, and everyone's like. Uh, no, the guy her Poirot deduces that they're lesbians, and they're like, "Okay, you got us. We're lesbians." Everybody's fine with it. I'm like, "Wait, this is like the early 1900s proper <laughs> England. Like, no one's gonna be that fine with it." Like, my, my problem right. wasn't that that they had lesbians, but that they were being weirdly presentist about about them. Like, they just put them in there, but no one was realistically acting like someone would have acted. And the same with the black the black women they put some black women in there the black women are dating white men and they're and nobody has a problem with it there's a little mention of racism but these black women are talking sassy to white people and not getting checked oh my god and doing all this stuff and i'm like get the so it was just really bad it's another ruined another ruined idea with presentism and twitter logic yeah so then i'm like this can't be what it's supposed to be like so i found an old version of um the movie from 1978 and none of it was the same like the two black characters were originally white and they weren't even like super awesome. Like when they made them black, they made them like super awesome now. And they were like talking, they were like super headstrong and girl bosses and talking shit to everybody and whatever. And in the original version, one of them was a drunk and the other one was just like a goofy girl. And then um, the lesbians weren't there, but it was so good. The original version of the Agatha Christie thing. I was like, I want to know more about Agatha Christie. So I bought two Agatha Christie novels and I am, I'm halfway through one. Agatha Christie, a really racist lady. She had a lot of problems. Well, one of her books was actually called uh, Ten Little Niggers. No, there you, there you go. All right. Wow. He's breaking out the classics. Yeah. The classic yeah. right there. But I can't lie. The lady can write a page turner. Like, it's hard to put the book down. I had to like force myself to go to sleep at one point. Cause I was like, I just want to keep- 10 little niggers walking to the liquor store. Is that what then uh, uh, probably you, part you, of it? You know, it's funny. Right. And, and, and this is what I really hate about this new British stuff where they diversify their own past. British people have really done a good job in hiding how traditionally racist they've been. There used to be a, um, old song called 10 little nigger boys. And it was, uh, Oh, that's an old Southern song. I remember that. Or oh, a nursery rhyme too. Oh yeah, yeah. They, oh yeah. They, they had it in the in the British Empire, and mm -hmm. people in India even would sing the song because they learned it from the colonizers. So there's a lot of Indian people who cover the song because because they, they just grew up with it, you know, in colonial schools. But yeah, it's called Ten Little Nigger Boys, and it's like it was like Ten Little Nigger Boys walking down the street. Uh, ten little nigger boys having a good time. One fell down a hole, and then the kids jump in, and now there were nine, and this keeps going down till they get. Yeah, it's like ten little monkeys jumping on the bed. One fell off and bumped his head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All those, I think, actually, all those, I think, descend from ten little nigger boys. So yeah. they they changed it to ten little Indians. Yeah, all the songs end with the line. All the versions of it, where there's like niggers, Indians, monkeys. I think they usually end with, and then there were none. So uh, Agatha Christie's first version of the book, because it's a it's a book about um, 10 people 
and one of them is the killer and they don't know which one's the killer and they're being eliminated w- one by one so um just like the song 10 little niggers that people get eliminated one by one people in the story get eliminated one by one so f- she she named it after the nursery rhyme 10 little niggers then that became politically incorrect so like in the early 20th century they changed it to 10 little indians then that became politically incorrect so now the book is sold as and then there were none they took the last name you know and they took out all the versions of um you know with the with, with the word nigger and i tried to find a version of like you know the original book you know with nigger and it sells for like thousands of dollars <laughs> to get the original uh version but yeah even if you want to say she was racist for her time uh even if you take out like stuff like like that whenever somebody not white appears in her books indian asian whatever this is weird fixation about describing them at length <laughs> like you know like, like an alien like, like like a space alien or whatever but i can't lie she's a good i like her books her books are really like she she's a talented writer like i can see why she's was a like big some, hit some things are racist and revered and i watch them like okay this is not even good like like i use the example gone with the wind that is a bad movie even i agree the, even without the racism that's, i that's, agree it is not good but I yeah. think it was the cinematography and all that shit. People, the dresses and shit people like. And there's a lot of hoopla and fanfare around it. Oh, oh yeah. The, the cinematography and all that. But the thing with that is that the reason it became a big movie was because it was a huge book. And the book doesn't have the benefit of the cinematography. The book is mm. just a story. And it's just a really rambling ridiculous story to to me but <laughs> it's just hyper racist too yeah it's just racist for no reason but yeah Agatha Christie is I think a guilty pleasure I gotta say I think I'm gonna read like keep reading more and more of her books like she's a problematic lady but then you gotta get the the bootleg version you gotta can't you can't be buying that shit yeah I can't you be giving it, money to her estate yeah you giving them all giving them black dollars look at you <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to say to the thing you said about how she describes the people who aren't white in her book. It cracks me up because whenever I listen to podcasts, like documentary style podcasts, especially white people don't know that they, I don't, maybe they realize they do this. Maybe they don't, but they literally only describe people who aren't white. So if they're white, you just assume, you're supposed to just assume that they're white because they don't describe their race at all. It's like, oh, it was a man. He had a hat and he, he was grinning and he did this and he did that. But it's never like their race is, their race is never mentioned unless it's time to mention that they're not white. <laughs> that, that's why the whole, why is there a BET, but there's not a WET argument <laughs> makes no sense because you never have to explicitly say anything is white. Like, you know, right. yeah, it's just kind of baked into stuff. So it's almost redundant to say white entertainment television. But uh, Kenny, you want to say something you like? Oh, um, damn, what, what do I like? I don't like anything. I hate everything. I'm joking. Um, I like uh, the fact that I was able to, for the last few days, I've been watching a lot of really good old black movies. I watched Posse and I mentioned this to Vita because I know T hates Posse. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't hate Posse. I just, uh, I'm not crazy about it either. It's, it's okay to me. I love that movie, man. I love it. So when I got a chance to see, watch it again, it was the first time I watched it in probably, honestly, 20-something years. I haven't watched it in a long time. But I watched that, and then I watched Young Guns. Posse's better. I don't care. <laughs> People don't have to agree with me, but Young Guns sucks. It's just a bunch of white dudes running around eating, chewing tobacco and yelling. Yeah, Posse and- had flavor. Didn't Young Guns have a sequel that I think flopped? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. You know why everybody watched Young Guns, right? You know who was a sex symbol back in the day? Emilio Estevez and... Oh, Lou Diamond. Lou Diamond. Oh, uh, no, but no, but back then, all those guys were sex symbols. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, Christian Slater. At, at yeah. the time, it, like, they were all like what Harry Styles is today. It's funny. You wouldn't know that today. But yeah, we were just a bunch of pretty boys. It wasn't... Yeah. They didn't really feel like dangerous Western people at all. No, at all. And then Lou Diamond is Lou Diamond really native or is he Mexican? Uh, oh, he's no, he's no, Filipino. No, no, no. Lou Diamond is like a mix of stuff, but he's able to pass for everything. So he, he's actually like a mix of Asian and Latino, I think. But he ain't Native American. Yeah, he's he's not he's not he's not Native American, and and he's always been his mother is Filipino, but his uh father is is uh white, but he he has. Cherokee descent. Mm. These days, you never know what that means. It could be yeah. anything from a grandparent to like in uh, Elizabeth Warren. 
You know, like, oh, oh yeah, Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> According to the most reliable source known to man, Wikipedia, his mother is a native of Candelaria Zambales, and she's considered Filipina. His father was an American of Scots Irish and Cherokee descent, according to Wikipedia. Okay, so yeah, it is Cherokee, but you know, again, you never know exactly what that means, Cherokee descent, like how distant, you know, um, it is because there's so much controversy with those Indian roles and everything and the so called five dollar Indians. But I mean, he looks like he could be, so I mean, he definitely has he has looks look. Native American, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, but so that could be his Filipino side also, so I don't know, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it served him well, he's been able to play all types of different, uh, ethnicities native american uh, asian filipino mexican but uh anything else you like kenny yeah nope nothing else that's it well i did like uh la bamba that was a good movie but i think i said that one time already yeah Um, yeah i seen la bamba a long time ago i remember that i actually like that movie it's such a sad movie um okay so i watched a lot of shit um i watched the anna delvey story or inventing anna Funny enough, it's a, it's a Shonda Rhimes thing, which you can kind of tell in certain parts of it. But it's still an interesting story. I love stories about scammers who scam rich people. It's like one of my favorite genres of everything. Um, speaking of which, there's also a Hulu uh, show based off of the girl who created Theranos. I think Elizabeth Downing or Down. I don't know her name. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it Elizabeth Holmes? Is Holmes, Holmes there we go. Yeah, okay. I don't know where I got Downing from. I just made that shit up. But um, Elizabeth Holmes, she created this company called Theranos and scammed multi-billionaires such as Rupert Murdoch and George Schultz and uh, into thinking that she had a device that could tell you about all types of diseases in your genetics and shit from one drop of blood, which is considered impossible. Um, but anyway, it's a great show on Hulu. Um, what else did I watch? Um, oh, this documentary about Billie Holiday, highly recommend. Um, it's this lady who actually interviewed in the seventies, she interviewed, um, a bunch of people, a bunch of people who worked with her, <clears throat> worked with Billie Holiday, such as Count Basie and um, like different artists and showgirls and things like that. And it was interesting because she had like raw interviews of them. Now, what ended up happening to the lady who was going to write this, she was in the process of writing this book about Billie Holiday and then she was killed or committed suicide, one or the other, nobody knows. Um, but that was a really good um, documentary. Um, so those are, oh, that's on Hulu. Highly recommend. Um, I feel like I watched a bunch of other documentaries. I just can't think. Oh, the one about B- Bad Vegan. That's another good one. Uh, about this lady who opened this company called Pure Food and, Ron- Pure Food and Wine, which is actually really big where you're at, uh, T in New York. Um, <clears throat> her restaurant got so big, she was started dating Alec Baldwin. And then uh, she ended up getting with some guy who essentially scammed her and made her believe all types of weird shit. And then... Uh, she gave her, him all types of control and all her money. Her mama even ended up giving this man some money and then she ended up having to close all her restaurants and all that shit. It was a wild, that story. So those are some things I really like that I think people should check out. So Watch yeah, more I, old black movies directed by black. Yeah, you know, with um, Posse, it wasn't that I hated, I hated Posse. I, what I didn't like was the bad... Father movie. Time. No, no, the bad effort they made at, at trying to uh, make the people like people had waves and, <laughs> and, and curls, like, like people had S curls and all this stuff, and it's like the movie itself was was fine, but I was annoyed. Like, come on, make them look like they're from the 1800s. Just try. <laughs> that, that's a that's hilarious. That, that drove me nuts. Like, like I remember that's the people, kind of shit that I don't like either. I get that. Yeah, but, yeah, but, so. but I was but when we were watching it. There was, remember, because you were asking, I think, or no, Vita asked, was it people that was like that? And I was like, no, I'm looking at it. There's nobody with an escrow, you know. Maybe um, I'm misremembering then, because I I thought somebody had an escrow. They didn't sound like they were from that era, especially Tone Loke. I mean, I don't know what that brother was talking about. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it needs to be Big Daddy Kane. It's like his Southern, his Brooklyn version of a Southern accent. Yeah. uh, You know the Mandela, they call it the Mandela effect or whatever, when you remember something, uh, for example, like the, like the, um, the Monopoly man having a monocle, but uh, you, you look and it's not true. He did, yeah, yo, I was thinking that. I thought he did. Yeah, everyone thinks he does. Like, like there's certain things that people just Son have a, a shared memory of that actually didn't happen. Maybe the escrow thing is a Mandala effect. Like so many things were 
anachronistic. I just inserted an escrow. But I remember there were a lot of things in the movie that were kind of modern and hip hop that they didn't bother to uh, kind of change, like the way people talked and everything and some certain slang words. And I think I just maybe invented or added the escrow aspect. But there's a lot of like there's fades in it, though. Right. Am I wrong in remembering that people had fades? Uh, no, there's no fades either. Oh, OK. Well, maybe I'm just misremembering a lot of stuff. But there is a really I was telling Vita, there is something that I did find that was kind of annoying is that the love interest was this racially ambiguous woman that Mario Van Peebles, you know how Mario Van Peebles is, you know, he got to get the best one. So it was this racially ambiguous woman who was supposedly black and Native American, but looked like she was black and Japanese. So it was really interesting. But the idea of the I understand I understand the idea of the movie and why they did it, especially at that time, because I believe that movie came out in 92. And I really people was on a roll at that time. Yeah. And I really love the theme song for it. That that tragedy, the intelligent husband did. Oh, yeah. 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 I I was rooting for the movie because I like what it represented. And and, and it was okay. It wasn't bad. I just wasn't crazy about a lot of their um, presentism with the. Uh, which, which, as you're saying, may not be even as bad as I remember. So I'm going to rewatch it and see. It's not bad. It's not bad. Now, you know, there's some parts of it where I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, bro. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like for the idea of that time of uh, 1991, 92. And again, like I said, Mario Van was on a roll at that time. New Wait, Jackson, the, you know? I'm looking at the pictures. You know? the, the lead girl isn't um, Sally Richardson? I think that's I her name. It. I don't know who it was. I forgot. Oh. Oh, I remember Sally Richardson. She's yeah. black. Yeah. What, 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 she, 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 she's black, but she has some Indian blood in her. But she, oh. has, she, she, she does identify as black. She, she's. British. I've only I've only heard her talk call herself black, so I just assume she was. Yeah, yeah. She, she identifies as she identifies as black, as far as far as I know. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. You know, Sonny Spoon. You know what I mean. Like he was on a roll at that time, so I'm not hating. You know what I'm saying. Mario Van Peebles was that guy. Oh, His dad actually, is in that movie also too. Actually, I'm I'm wrong. I always thought she was. Uh, part Indian because she used to play things with Indian background, but her father's of English and Italian descent. I didn't know that. Her mother's black. I didn't know she was I didn't know she was biracial. I always thought she was like one quarter Indian or something. That's oh, that's why she just says black because most biracial people pretty much just say well, You get black. a light-skinned yeah. Negro and put some, you know, uh, Native Indigenous medallions all over him with straight hair and then, yeah, you got an Indian. Yeah, first off, I, yeah, I never knew she was half white, but I also never knew that she's she's married to Dondre Whitfield. Yeah, which is that I just Googled that. That shit's got me tripping. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, I mean that gives everybody hope except the incels. <laughs> Shit. Oh, she was in Black was in Dynamite too. Show? You guys seen Black Black Dynamite? Yeah, yeah. Dondre Woodfield. Who was he, in yeah, the yeah, for show? He was he was Vanessa's first boyfriend. Yeah. <gasps> He was adorable. Oh yep. yeah, that's how I'm, I'm old enough that, that that's how I primarily know him. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's I, all I know never, him from. But what I never knew his name. I just seen him. He's this guy. He's like the guy I just seeing shit. I'm not, you yeah. know, I'm not a big movie person, so I'm remembering shit. But when I looked at his picture, I said, "Oh, he looks familiar." But I didn't, I couldn't tell you his name. And then he said DeAndre Whitfield. I was like, "Oh, that's his name." So I, I went went to his picture, and then I was, I said, "The Cosby Show." Well, who was he on the Cosby Show? That's Robert. Yeah, Robert. That's Robert from the Cosby Show. He still looks the same too. He looks exactly. I don't know why it never hit me that that was this that that's the guy. Yeah, I never realized that. That is so funny. What do I know him from? I feel feel like he he was one of Jones' boyfriends or girlfriends. That's how I know him. That's how I know him. Yeah. 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 All right, everybody. All right, man. You guys be good. All right. Take care.